Light our way. Light our way. As we journey in the darkness, light our way. Light our way. Gift us with hope for our world. So good morning everybody and welcome. Welcome to Essex Church and to this, our gathered community of Kensington Unitarians. It's the last Sunday in the month of November, a month when we've been exploring the theme of the unknown. Today's service has the title Mysteries of Life. And during the service, we're going to invite you to fill in your own list of life mysteries. Questions, perhaps, that you have about life. You'll find the empty list on your hymn sheet along with your order of service. And if you're listening to this service sometime in the future on one of our podcasts, you might like to get a pen and paper and jot down your list of 10 mysteries of life for me are dot, dot, dot. But not if you're driving or in charge of a vacuum cleaner at this moment, as several podcast listeners have told us about recently. Those of us here in London have walked in from a chilly but sunny autumn day. So let's take a moment now to settle ourselves here and now. Knowing that some people have yet to arrive, and that even we who are here in bodily form may well have our minds galloping off somewhere altogether different. And our emotions may well be doing what human emotions often do, engaging in a fairground ride of ups and downs and twirls and turns. Let's gather all of ourselves as best we can in the present moment. Perhaps imagining ourselves connected to the planet Earth on which our little lives are lived, spinning in space. All our dramas, all our hopes and fears, all our creative efforts and our soaring imaginations. Let's imagine all that life is with us now, together, by our presence, creating this time as holy and this place as sacred, and each of us as manifestations of the divine, containers of hope and possibility in this troubled yet beautiful world of ours. Our chalice flame is lit. It's a light shining out a message of progressive religious communities the world over, a message that you are okay just as you are, and there is a place for you here. Welcome, everybody. Because I'm, I'm moving on now to tell you of a situation that I hope never happens to you. That you're responsible for a young person's well-being, and you hear them shouting help. And you hear them shouting help because they've got their hand stuck in a vase. And it's not just any vase, it's an incredibly valuable vase that you really don't want to see broken. And they can't get their hand out of it. And you try everything. Have you experienced stuckness in life ever? Of the kind that you can maybe put a little bit of butter 
round something and then it just eases out. But now the struggle continued. And you call in a neighbour and a neighbour tries to help too and does all the obvious things and still the vase is stuck. The precious vase is stuck. And eventually that neighbour in despair says, do you know, I'd give a pound to anybody who could help me get this vase off your hand. And the young one looks up with a smile and goes... <laughs> and the reason the vase was stuck was because there was 20p in there and they put their hand in quite simply, but once you hold on tight, you can't get your hand out. But the thought of a pound instead of the 20p made that young person drop the 20p and grab the pound. And that is the story of the special vase. And this is the return of 20p. <laughs> and I think our young people are going to go downstairs now. Uh, feel free to join them, uh, parents, family members. And we will see you later, alligators. And we're going to enter into a time of prayer and reflection now. In which I call on the divine spirit of life and love to be with us now. And to bless all that we say and do together here this day. As we consider the great mysteries of life. May we hold all the potential of human existence in our awareness. Our ability to be both foolish and wise, brave and cowardly, selfish and selfless, and all the infinite myriad possibilities that we humans possess for good and for ill. In our own individual lives, in the days that have passed, there will perhaps be situations we wish we'd handled differently. Perhaps a particular situation will come to mind for you, or a more generalised feeling of, of your week that has passed. Can we forgive ourselves as we forgive others who have been other than we might wish them to be? And hopefully for each of us, there will be some reasons for, for gratitude, for delight and good cheer. I invite you, if you wish, silently to give thanks for something in the week that has passed. Acknowledging how hard it can sometimes be to give thanks when life is tough. Yet knowing that a small inner thank you for something, however small, can sometimes work wonders.
And as we consider this world in which we live, let us strive to comprehend that which seems at times incomprehensible. The cruelty, the twisted thinking that would have people attack those at prayer in a mosque. May our thoughts be with all who are suffering in, in North Sinai, in Yemen, in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, in Myanmar or Bangladesh and all the other places where conflict brings anguish. May all people who are suffering receive some help this day, some human touch that acknowledges their pain. And may the governments of the world find ways to heal divisions and to move forward into more peaceful ways of being. And we, may we find ways to let go this day, to let go of fixed ideas, releasing unhelpful feelings of righteousness or indignation or narrow thoughts of how this is life must be. May we instead be open to ambiguity and paradox, lying at the heart of all existence, open to new ways of thinking and being, open to the beauty that is life itself. May this be so for the greater good of all. Amen. Not long ago, I read an interview with war correspondent Chris Hedges in which he used the phrase which seemed like a perfect description of our human situation, the moral ambiguity of human existence. He refers, I think, to an essential choice which confronts us all whether to cling to the false security of our fixed ideas and tribal views, even though they only bring us momentarily satisfaction, or to overcome our fear and make the leap to living an authentic life. That phrase, the moral ambiguity of human existence, resonated strongly with me because it's what I've been exploring for years. How can we relax and have a genuine, passionate relationship with the uncertainty, with the groundlessness, of being human. My first teacher, Chokran Trungpa, used to talk about the fundamental anxiety of being human. This anxiety, or queasiness in the face of impermanence, isn't something that afflicts just a few of us. It's an all-pervasive state that human beings share. But rather than being disheartened by the ambiguity, the uncertainty of life, what if we accepted it? and relaxed into it. What if we said, yes, this is the way it is, this is what it means to be human, and decided to sit down and enjoy the ride? 
What the fundamental ambiguity of being human points to is that as much as we want to, we can never say, this is the only way, this is how it is, end of discussion. Chris Hodges, the war journalist, also talked about the pain that ensues when a group or religion insists that its view is the only one true view. As individuals, we too have plenty of fundamentalist tendencies. We grab onto a position or belief as a way of neatly explaining reality, unwilling to tolerate the uncertainty and discomfort of staying open to other possibilities. We cling to that position as our personal platform and can become very dogmatic about it. The root of these fundamentalist tendencies, these dogmatic tendencies, is a fixed view and we have of ourselves as good or bad, worthy or unworthy, this or that. With a fixed identity, we have to busy ourselves with trying to rearrange reality, because reality doesn't always conform to our view. Thank you, Roy. Those are words by uh, Buddhist monk Pema Chodron from her book, Living with Uncertainty. And I'm going to invite you now into a, a more meditative time of this service. Um, I've got a, a few words to introduce the meditation. We're then going to hear some lovely piano and cello music. And that will be followed by a good few minutes of uh, silence held together that will come to an end with a chime from our bell. So these are only suggestions. Um, if you wish, take some thoughts, some images into this meditative time. And after the music, let's let ourselves settle into stillness together. So you might want to get yourselves more comfy, perhaps lay to one side anything you don't need to hold on to for the next few minutes. Allow yourself to settle down into the chair. Perhaps be aware of your feet resting on the floor and the earth beneath us. And your breath, your breathing. The breath that brings us life-giving oxygen and releases carbon dioxide in a wondrous cycle shared with the planet's plants. Allow your breathing to slow and deepen, perhaps. As I ask you to consider the unknown as a doorway to spiritual growth. For many of us, I think there will have been times, we may even be in such a time right now, a time when we found ourselves on a threshold of uncertainty, a place where we had more questions than answers. In this time of the unknown, what helped us move forward 
Was it simply that we had to wait for time itself to move onwards? <coughs> and what learning or gift did such a time of the unknown bring you? Did a time of not knowing perhaps help you to grow in some way? So many questions. So many possibilities. The unknown as a doorway to spiritual growth.
How are you uh, getting on with your list of mysteries? I had a head start on you. I've been working on mine all week and I've still only got eight. I'm saving two for some complete gems that haven't come to me just yet. Um, so I've been, I've been thinking about this and talking with people about their take on the mysteries of life all this week. And there will be some time at the end of this address to hear some of yours. So uh, if you're somebody who likes to prepare yourself before shouting things out in a service, you could be having a think now. Uh, I, during the week, I had the chance to talk to a couple of teenagers about the mysteries of life. And it was interesting to hear their instant response of, what are we doing here? You know, that, that absolute amazement about existence itself. And it was good to be reminded by them that for many of us, I think, our teenage years are a time of questioning, a time when we're still perhaps awake to the amazement and also the ridiculousness of life itself, all, all framed by the fact that our bodies are changing strangely quickly at that time of life. What is our place in the cosmos? What does it mean to be one just one of 7.6 billion people living on this planet. And how do they know there are 7.6 billion people anyway? How did they count that? And how does it feel to be living in one tiny star system, in one far corner of one of possibly two trillion other galaxies? What is our place in all this vastness? And how do they know that about the two trillion? We, um, we had a playback theatre evening here at the church on Friday, an, an evening which focused on this theme of ours, the unknown. Veronica, hello, Veronica at the back, our steward today. Veronica invited us to think of times when we had not known something and then it became known. We explored our feelings and our memories and our stories. What is it like not to know something? It was a really interesting evening in all sorts of ways. We humans love stories, don't we? They help us understand ourselves and one another a bit better. And interestingly, all the people who told their stories on Friday evening chose to tell us about personal relationships mostly with family members, situations where things had to change, where the individual had come to understand themselves better and they needed to let others know about this change. And, and it became really apparent to me that it's, that it's in our close relationships that, that we often come up against some of life's great mysteries. Who is this person I've known? most of my life and and actually who is this person who's staring at me from the bathroom mirror can can this other person allow me to change to be different from how i've been before can i allow them to change how can i put into words what i'm experiencing without pushing another person away how can I listen to this person I've known forever 
and see them as a mystery rather than as somebody I just take for granted. There's a lot of mystery within each of us, isn't there? It's almost like we're a puzzle. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but I sometimes feel like I haven't quite got all the pieces yet or that there is actually something missing that I have not been given a crucial bit of information that I require in order to live this life and in order to feel whole and complete. Sometimes puzzles are a pleasure. We feel safe enough to explore the mystery. And other times, puzzles can be frustrating or frightening. We back away. We can retreat from the anxiety of not knowing. Yet a cool, calm, rational survey of human existence and human relationships would remind us, wouldn't it, that uncertainty abounds. Life is full of ambiguity and paradox. Mystery is calling us to befriend what is unknown, to accept the state of not knowing, to live in this moment with nothing certain, yet perhaps with some kind of trust in that which is unknown. To be human, as the uh, Buddhist teacher Pema Chodron reminded us in that reading we heard earlier on, to be human is to be anxious. If you are somebody who experiences anxiety, take this as given. We are all suffering from different sizes of anxiety at any time in any day. We're anxious, partly because we know all life is impermanent. We know that nothing lasts, including us and all we hold dear. We also know, I think, deep inside, how little we can actually control. In that book, Living Beautifully with Uncertainty and Change, Pema Chodron goes on to tell the story of life in her monastery when she was challenged by the other monks to examine how she came across in the world. She, like many of us, had a certain view of herself. And this is worth having a conversation about sometime, isn't it? How we actually see ourselves. She had a certain view of herself as open-hearted, easygoing, fair and honest. And there were lots of other descriptions she gave too. But it was only when living in close proximity with others that she had to face other, less palatable aspects of herself. The effect that her way of being had on other people. And she was only ever going to realise that through communication with other people. Most of us, if we're truthful, are holding on to our own fixed and often self-righteous ways of thinking about ourselves and the world. The I'm right, so they must be all wrong mindset. This is the holding on. Let me vase. This is the holding on too tightly of the story of the vase. The little one who held that coin so tightly that his clenched little fist could not get out of the vase. I told a friend this story and she reminded me that she had read uh, that it's a way that people used to trap monkeys, placing a juicy fruit in a cage with a narrow opening. The monkey puts their hand through But once it's made a fist around the fruit, it can't escape, but it won't let go of the fruit either. Maybe that's a strong enough image for us today, 
to wake us up to our own clinging natures, to so-called truths, to ways of being, to fixed identities. They can trap us and they can limit us. Author Judy Canato, in her book, Radical Amazement, she writes that mystery calls us not only to lay down our lives, but to lay down our agendas that interfere with our call to life. Mystery invites us to live with wisdom, to know when to stand firm and when to take flying leaps. Mystery asks us to live in the unknown with faith and to live in the uncertain with hope, trusting in the revelation of a deeper knowing and certainty that manifests as love. Inspiring words. And so I ask you, anyone who's had time to think of a life mystery, what life mysteries came to mind when you started to list them? What are your questions of life? Will Sarah get her hand out of the bars? Will there be biscuits at the end of the service? Oh yes, I wasn't very clear, was I, Harold? That's a good question. Yes, Harold, I want a response. What's one of your mysteries of life? Chemistry, biology, oh. physics, electricity, <laughs> Oh, chemistry, physics. Yeah, knowledge. Why do things work? Science. It is, it is indeed. That feeling of looking up at the stars and actually yeah. wondering yeah. what I that mean, is. Thank you, thank you, Heidi. Any other mysteries that came to people? Yes, Florence. And people are so judgmental. Why people are so judgmental? Yeah, yes. And there are, yeah, I have got various versions of that. You know, can we possibly live better than we are doing presently? Can we actually make something of our huge potential? Carol? Yes. 
that mystery of individual identity and what that then means as to how we live is, is quite something. How we create ourselves. Thank you. Thank you. Carolyn. Why there are wars when people, ordinary people, are mm. against them? Yeah. Why there are wars when ordinary people are against them. Yes. Yes, Sarah. Evil. Yep, evil. The nature of evil, where that comes from, is that inherent in human nature. Thank you. Yes. Yes, how something can come out of nothing, like the Big Bang Theory. Yes, where does existence come from? I'm full of questions about consciousness at the moment, and, you know, is there more to all of this than we imagine? Are we not as separate as we feel, etc., etc.? My hope is that we can make a, a super list for our congregation of our life mystery so if you want to jot anything down and let me have that or email me at another point I'd love to hear what your mysteries are anything else that wants to be said Michaela Will you write that down for me, please? I think I comprehend it. Out of being in the present moment, in a moment of pain, the more that we are with something in the present moment, an unknown future opens out for us. But we're not actually ever in the present moment. We're only... <laughs> the next... <laughs> yeah, always in our thoughts, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. Yes, the nature of interrelationship, not just with one another as humans, but with other species too, and the multiple layers of connectedness or, or not. Thank you, everybody. I look forward to hearing more of those. And, um, you know, we're often in this church exploring the nature of our shared experience of being human and and wondering how best to be in the face of the suffering of our world and sometimes it all feels too much doesn't it and yet i do think that the small things that we do make a difference and at least they are a symbolic connecting with those we sometimes feel far apart from and so in that spirit we're taking a um, a collection today for the Rohingya people of uh, Myanmar, um, this is the Red Cross appeal. All the Unitarian congregations are giving money to this um, to try and, you know, pool our resources. So give as you feel able. And now we take our leave before we gather here again. May each of us bring happiness into another's life. May we each be surprised by the gifts that surround us. May each of us be enlivened by constant curiosity and may we remain together in spirit till the hour we meet again. Amen.
go well and blessed be. Thank you.